Uh, welcome to Foot Guns. Uh, today, doing a little special edition because you know we started about a year ago, and um, not going to have Boomer with me or Wasabi today. I'm going to be hosting, and I have actually a subscriber here with me, um, Alex. Um, if you want to introduce yourself, like how, how did how you got here, how you got into crypto, how you uh, found out about Foot Guns? Yeah, um, thanks for having me. Uh, glad to be here. Um, well, you know, I guess, uh, my journey with foot guns started because, uh, I've been an exec some subscriber for a while. Um, I had some friends who were, uh, associated with that newsletter. And so, you know, shout out to them for getting me involved with that. And so crypto and everything kind of started with, uh, investment purposes. Um, so I got into stocks and public markets. Um, that was kind of right before COVID happened. And then, right in the middle of COVID that Bitcoin having in 2020 really brought my attention to the crypto space. Uh, and so then from there, I just kind of became interested in uh, the story of crypto, uh, like all the big successes in tech, you know, they have the best stories. And I just kind of got hooked on that story for crypto um, the use cases, the impact it can have on our future. Um, so then kind of from there, it became a hobby. Um, I just kind of like trying out new projects and following the innovation and using foot guns to kind of help track, of course, prices, but also um, enjoying, you know, the various articles and podcasts and guests that we're able to hear from. So, so did you sign up with us like right, right when we started? Yeah, no, I signed up from the uh, like exec sum link. And, uh, and you're saying time. that you, um, like you were brand new to crypto. That's awesome. I think like you're the first person we've had on that, that has joined us, you know, in this bull cycle. I think, you know, everyone else is, you know, oh, I was here from 2017 or I was here from 2019 or whatever, even, uh, you know, 2013. Um, but I, yeah, that, that's awesome. This is um, this is a lot to dive into, I think. Um, you know, if, if I was coming into this from the outside right now, I'd just be like, oh, my God, this is um, so much information. Um, I'm definitely I'm glad you landed landed with us. We've been... Um, I mean, it's been a, a bit of a struggle of like, can we provide information for people that are completely new at the same time, providing, you know, really useful information for people that have been around for a long time. Um, so, yeah, let, let's see. Um, you know, what, what? how are you like consuming foot guns? Like, are you are you a, a paid subscriber? Are you using the uh, podcast, like reading the articles? Are you in the discord? Um, yeah, so I'm actually, I am still a free subscriber. Um, I'm still in college, so I'm not quite paying for it yet. And the money that I'm um, messing around with in crypto is not kind of pushing me to the point where um, I feel like I need to be as responsible as maybe some others. Um, but I, uh, I enjoy the newsletter a lot. I've been, you know, the cheat sheets are kind of just interesting to me because uh, I'm not a very active trader. So I just kind of enjoy your insights on that. Um, and kind of seeing all the technicals and the chart breakdowns and the supports and everything. And that kind of gives me an idea of, okay, yeah, maybe there will be more buying opportunities coming up. Um, but also, you know, really enjoy the, the podcast because you, you brought on some really great guests. Um, and then the articles like the, from the desk of a trader, those, that series that you've kind of had. Um, so using those and I don't know, it's just kind of like a great resource to gain more knowledge. That's awesome. Yeah, no, happy to. I mean, for for me, um, you know, uh, Bo Boomer and I basically just started doing foot guns because I was sending him, you know, all these messages on Signal, like like hour long, like monologues, trying to explain to him things <laughs> that were were going on in crypto, and then you know we'd get on the phone and talk about the markets. Whenever it's like, okay, well, we should just be recording this because you know, I'm trying to like teach him all these new things and he's like, you know, giving me relevant, like, um, you know, teaching me about what's going on in other markets as well. So, uh, you know, it just, just, if you want to be involved in crypto, as we've learned now, um, paying attention to the rest of the markets and then, you know, getting an understanding of what's going on in all these different DeFi protocols and, you know, what NFTs are about. And then, you know, this whole, this whole recent collapse of Bitcoin with, you know, it turns out all these people had all this leverage and, uh, you know, it's just been a, a wild, wild learning experience and, and a lot of uh, information to take in. So 
you know, for us, it's just like exciting to be a part of it and be involved with it. And then we realized that, okay, well, everyone's not spending 24 seven doing this, but we actually are. So we should just, you know, <laughs> stop every once in a while and record a podcast about it. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's a great way to do it. I think that's definitely, you know, that resonates with me. It's just kind of exciting to pay attention to. And of course this is, you know, my first bear market. So, you know, living on crypto Twitter, just seeing what other people are saying from their experiences. And also, um, I don't know, I think it's, it is really fun because once you get involved, you really do see all the action happening, even during a bear market. Um, so it's fun to watch, you know, some of the storylines totally fail, some succeed. Um, like everyone, you know, this last bull market, all the transitory inflation was starting and everything. And everyone, you know, Bitcoin store of value, inflation hedge, that was the narrative that they were going with for a little bit. And so then, you know, you watch the bear market happen and you're like, okay, like on to the next one. What do we got next? How do we gain adoption? You know, we, if you know the technical aspects and um, the fundamentals, then you kind of still see that um, maybe you can see through the bear market. But I think a lot of the people that come in, you know, during these uh, great surges um, are there to make money. And so then when the narrative fails, they're like, oh, maybe I'm going to go somewhere else. So do you have, um, you know, be willing to share as much or as little as you want to, but like, you know, do you have friends and family that like got into this crypto thing with you? And then like, are you, you know, how far have you gone in? Are you like, are you buying NFTs or did you, did you just buy like some Bitcoin, some Ethereum? Did you buy some, you know, altcoins or whatever? Yeah. um, So it's definitely been, you know, I, I think I started where it was just kind of, a little side gig while I was investing. Um, and then I've definitely brought some friends with me, um, showed them, you know, I kind of started with, you know, some bankless podcasts and stuff and that really turned me on to Ethereum. Um, and I think I've definitely dove deeper than a lot of people. Um, I like playing around with DeFi and trying to understand kind of what's happening there. I've bought a few NFTs, but those are more like for fun, but I do enjoy kind of seeing the, you know, the communities that have developed and the possible use cases in the future. Um, so I don't know. I just kind of like um, trying out the trends, seeing what I like, um, testing out like, you know, I, I use the uh, referral for a cross. So, you know, just uh, experimenting on these L2s and seeing that um, the development and innovation there is just kind of exciting. And especially during the bear market, you kind of need that stuff. Um, so I've definitely, um, I've, I've gotten my, like a good amount of experience with crypto and um, trying different things, which has been kind of the whole point. Um, but it, it's definitely led to me being fairly invested, um, but it, it's definitely diverse across a lot of things, um, which has been fun. That's awesome. So you're like fully using a, a wallet connecting to protocols using them. I mean, so let's, let me just um, plug across a little bit because I have, I've known the developers at Across since before Across was a thing. And so then when they launched it, you know, I was like, okay, um, I had some people in Badger that we're working with, look at the smart contracts. We ended up putting some Badger into it pretty early on. Um, So we knew, you know, knew it was fine. I think people have different opinions about which is the best bridge technology, but I knew it was better than others and I knew the team. So um, gives me some confidence. So I've been running that referral ad for some time, and then they now announce that they're going to be launching um, a token, and the only way to get it right now is from that referral. Um, so, you know, many people that we don't really talk about it too much on Foot Guns, but we um, we made a token, and you know, one of the fun parts about it is you can use it in governance voting, and we've set this all up. Um, through Snapshot, uh, a website, and then on our Discord. So if you're holding the Foot Guns tokens, you can vote on, you know, say that the community wants to make a decision. So we're thinking, okay, if you go and um, use this referral link, because that's the only way to get these um, across tokens, we'll send you some Foot Guns tokens. And then, you know, eventually, if we get a bunch of these tokens, we could always vote to distribute them to the people who have who own Foot Guns, you know based on um, how many tokens you have or something like that, um, or just a certain amount to each wallet or something. It's it, it's the cr- sort of crazy part about DeFi is like, it doesn't necessarily 
um, need to be like a smart contract, right? You just can use these tokens to do um, some interesting things like around governance. Like, yeah, does it, does that make sense to you? Um, yeah, totally. I mean, so I've, I've been a part of um, a DAO for a few, I don't know, almost a year now. Um, and that was another thing, just kind of like seeing what this was, um, seeing what the new, um, this new organizational structure is that's enabled by blockchain technology. Um, and that's, you know, it, it's been really interesting um, just because it, it is difficult, um, you know, this new form of organization. So I do definitely want to hear kind of, you know, what you've thought of that experience using the foot guns tokens and um, how, uh, how easily it's been to coordinate people and really get, um, cause I think, you know, a big part of it is joining a DAO like that. I think foot guns is a great opportunity. Like no one there is really, I think getting super serious as to where you want to take the DAO. So it's a really great experience. And, you know, there's all the talk about how your, you know, um, your wallet is your on-chain resume. Um, since everything's public, you know, what you've done on chain can really be used to help you in the future um, if, you know, crypto really takes off. So if these DAOs become um, a real structure of um, organizations and stuff, then any experience, whether it's with foot guns or whatever, it could be very valuable. Um, so like, I don't know, what have you thought about that? I know you work with Badger and I guess you have connections with Across, which has been great. I was really mad at Hot Protocol actually, because, um, I used them quite a bit when I was originally messing around with the L2s. Um, and then they announced their airdrop. And since I don't use too much money when I'm doing all that, I didn't qualify because I was like $250 short of their um, requirement. And so I sent a few emails. Yeah. And, uh, that's the um, DMs, like, come on. <laughs> that's the whole experiment of it, right? Like, uh, I mean, that that's sort of why we decided, well, I, I pushed really hard for... Um, you know, because we, we have a, a partnership with Liquidity on Foot Guns, right, with ExecSum. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I pushed really hard on him and, and Boomer, you know, the three of us being the founders, that we should uh, go, you know, try and go down the crypt instead of, you know, instead of just talking about crypto, like just try and do it as well. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, so far we've taken, I think, like 15 grand or something, basically all the money that we made. Um <laughs> from from paid subs and put it into um uh you know this DAO treasury that we have so it's paired with the foot guns token so if you if you get the tokens on polygon you can go swap them for you know dollars basically right so it has mm-hmm. it has real value and then um you know we we we're paying for some marketing we're not anymore so we should be back to like cash flow positive again uh, and so I'll be you know, taking a portion of that money and putting into this treasury and just keep doing that over and over. So, um, you know, we give our paid subscribers 30 tokens for signing up. So, you know, you immediately get some stake in foot guns, basically. Um, And then, you know, at that point, you can decide what to do. Um, But yeah, it's been, um, it's been hilarious. Like I made the token following you know a guide it's pretty pretty simple it takes a few minutes but then um if you want to actually get you know the token to have um an icon and all that stuff you want it to show up on etherscan well in order for them to know it's not a scam you have to ver- validate the code uh, so you have to you have to take the the code that you use to make the token and you have to create you know a um uh, a compiled version of it to send to Etherscan so that it can make sure that the token is what you're saying it is and that you're the owner. Um, and so I lost that <laughs> exact uh, match. So so what, what we'll have to do to make the token go forward is I'll actually have to recreate it and uh, relaunch it, which, you know, I think it's a, a good opportunity because, you know, over the last year we had um, I think there's a, over a hundred token holders now. So we had a bunch of people show up, um, really excited when the prices were high. And then, you know, as the bear market set in, um, the community has been a lot less active. So I think there's, a um, opportunity for us to relaunch the token and sort of, like you said, um, redistribute it out to the people that have been around for a while and stuck around because, um, you know, they, they stuck around through the thick and thin, right. And not just when things oh. were, uh, we're we're doing well and then um we can actually get it listed on um 
you know, CoinGecko and, and all these different websites and then maybe start trying to use it a bit more. But in, in the meantime, what we did is we, um, we took the treasury and we sent it to a multi-sig, which means that uh, it's this, this thing. I, th- I think they're rebranding, but it's called Gnosis um, Safe. I think they're rebranding mm-hmm. to just Safe. Um, and so there's five people, um, myself and four others, all of whom I've never met before. So I think, um, <laughs> uh, you know, as far as DAOs go, um, we have a pretty diverse treasury um, control where I think a lot of DAOs like, you know, we're friends from the start or something like that. So are they really decentralized? Um, but yeah, if, if the funds are going to move, three out of five of us have to agree to move the funds. And for the last um, four months or so, we've paid our intern um, out of that treasury. And so we've been doing wow. multi, multi-sig transactions and sending him uh, uh, pay uh, across, you know, uh, the Polygon network. So it's pretty cool. I mean, it's like... <laughs> We're, we're actually doing the thing we're talking about, right? Like, I, I, I just haven't talked about it too much because price has been so intense over the last, um, you know, I don't know, six or seven months or maybe even longer than mm-hmm. that, that there's, there's just been so much to talk about in, in that space. Um, but yeah, we're, um, we're pushing along. And, w- you know, what we really need is some more people to get involved in the community that want to you know, just take on this challenge because in my mind, uh, the point of, of a DAO is to have like a community that wants to do something rather than, you know, you need a, you need a large group of people with a similar aim versus just like three people. Right. Because otherwise like might as well just make a company. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, of course. And I think, yeah, that, that's like, um, you know, that's my way of looking at these things is I don't really understand it. So I'm going to go try to do it. And then you really get a lot more from that. So I'm sure remaking that coin and everything is going to be really interesting. And that's another good point about, you know, the DAO that I said I'm a part of. We could call it a DAO all we want, but I think it's more of, you know, maybe an on-chain organization is a better term um, because we are all friends. We control, you know, we control um, the treasury and everything. Um, And so it's a great experience just in terms of learning the way that a DAO can function. but it sounds like yours actually um, does a better job of approaching that decentralization factor. Um, and hopefully if a cross ended up taking my transfer, then I can get some foot guns tokens and um, yeah, join I in think, on the fun um, there. But, yeah, there was, there was some, some error that happened, but I guess I, so I was able to send them the transaction that you sent me from Etherscan and their support said, Oh, we can get all the info we need out of this and we have, you, you know, your guys' wallets and we'll figure it out. So, um yeah i haven't i haven't looked since then (laughs) but apparently it's going to come through and yeah that's the the cool part about blockchain is you know if if something reasonable went wrong they can they can diagnose it pretty quickly all they need to do is look at the go look at the transaction see what happened yeah no 100 there's a lot a lot fewer steps involved which is nice um so then you know say you make the fuck on the token and you're able to get it onto etherscan it gets on coingecko um you have the um, Gnosis Safe. Where do you kind of see this new organization that's partially attached to the newsletter and stuff? Do you see it kind of being like that? Um, I know like Bankless has a token. So is it kind of like you're a part owner of the media company or um, where do you kind of see that token going? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know how Bankless uh, has structured their... Maybe I should go read um, how they structured their DAO. Um but yeah, I mean, in my mind, if we could, if we could basically say that, you know, we'll take revenues from the the news organization and send it into um, the treasury, and you could either, I mean, the way that I was thinking about doing it was doing like a partial token buyback, and I don't, you know, I got to read the uh, the SEC <laughs> recent things about Coinbase or whatever, and you know, because there, there's yeah. like a way that you have to do it where it's like. Um, you know, it's a security and maybe, maybe that's what we do. Maybe we just go and register it as a security, um, see if, you know, that would be a a fun route to take. I mean, that's, that's part of, um, some of the things Boomer and I have talked about, um, I think in the private podcast or, or at least on the phone is just like, well, let's just, you know, take this thing as far as we can go. And, and, you know, it would be interesting if we got into some sort of trouble and then we could report about it. Right. (laughs) Yeah, totally. 
That's great. I mean, yeah, like, you know, you're going to learn so much from it no matter what. So that'll be really interesting to see. Yeah. So, um, you know, I ideally guess. you could, you could, you know, essentially take revenue from the business buy these, um, these tokens. And then, uh, it, there's all these different protocols like curve and, um, balancer that offer, you know, these, these yield incentives on top of yielding tokens. So then you could say, okay, look, we have a, a, a you know, decorrelated or, you know, semi-correlated uh, revenue coming in from this newsletter into this token. Uh, you know, let's get it up on these different protocols and start, you know, mining um, their tokens with it, right? Earning earning their influence tokens and stuff like Convex or uh, Balancer or, or anything else that, that shows up on Polygon. Um, and I'm, I'm yeah. keeping it on Polygon because it's it allows you to you know, literally do swaps of like five, ten dollars um without just getting completely screwed like you would on Ethereum uh when when it gets busy. Yeah, no, that's where that's where the DAO that um I've been participating in um I guess lives um is on Polygon. So what is you know, I know we kind of use DAO House to help organize the proposals. Is yours are you guys just kind of doing Discord and a Gnosis safe or what? What kind of makes up yeah, the DAO? at the moment at the moment just uh discord and then snapshot for voting and um notes yeah. safe and you know for a minute um again you know when when the markets were more favorable there was a few people that were getting a bit excited and and adding some community support but you know it's if it's just me doing it it's not a DAO, right so I haven't done a whole lot because um, what's the point right, of, of doing a whole lot unless uh, the community wants it? So at the moment, it's, you know, basically just our, you know, the there's a multi-sig that I'd have to convince to give us our money back, right? If we wanted to um, shut foot guns down. <laughs> of course. Yeah, no, I mean, now is when you build and then ideally the next cycle comes and um, it really has uh, more traction to gain. So. I don't know. That's that's really interesting, though. Um, I mean, it'll be cool to see, you know, how you can tie it to foot guns, and then if it has to become a security because you're, you know, you're gaining some of the revenue maybe from the newsletter as a token holder. So I don't know. It gets pretty complicated from there, and that's when it gets all over my head. But I think tokenomics and governance is really um, something that is going to be kind of the hot topic up next. Like we're building out these L2s, DAOs are kind of in their infancy um, and no one really knows what the best method is for governance. Um, you know, it makes me think about kind of like the iron law of oligarchy where um, it'll start, you know, all decentralized and it'll look good, but then whether it's the big players or um, just people that are able to buy most of the tokens, um, usually the power ends up concentrated in a small group's hands. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how a lot of these DAOs attempt to get around that. Um, and if a lot of them end up kind of consolidating. Um, I know I know you're involved in Badger DAO as well. Um, they, of course, have the Badger token, um, which corresponds to, I believe, governance um, within the DAO. So kind of what is what is your role been within that and how do you see the governance working there? Yeah, I mean, that that's sort of why... I, I think having foot guns is also fun is, you know, it's like my like baby DAO, right? It's, I'm trying mm-hmm. to trying to not do anything with it too quickly because I'm working at Badger and I, I think Badger, you know, has been one of the most successful DAOs in the sense that it's, you know, it's still around, um, still, still has products that are making money and, um, you know, has community, like a really, really strong involved community. Um, especially after, you know, this whole, I mean, I guess Badger's almost been around for what, like a year and a half or longer now. Um, yeah. So in, in crypto terms, like it's starting to feel pretty ancient, right? Um, yeah, no, but, at that point. Yeah, but the way I got involved was originally just like, you know, I, like you said, people are like looking at on-chain, um, like what you're doing with your, your wallets and stuff. So because I had been using SushiSwap and Uniswap early on, uh, I got this Badger airdrop. And then uh, it was pretty simple for me to come up with a thesis because they were like, okay, well, we're going to be allowing people to deposit Bitcoin. And then, you know, we're going to like auto compound these yields for you. 
And at the time, you know, Ethereum was getting expensive to use. And so it's like, okay, that was a pretty easy um, thesis. And there was, there was really nothing else like it. I mean, I think Yearn at the time had um, a vault and I don't know, I guess Badger maybe was like compounding that or something. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't even like at the time know where the yields were coming from, but it's just like, okay, the... The concept sounds great. I got these tokens. Yeah, of course. Let me buy a little bit more. And then, oh, it went up. And then they released um, this Dig product, which was a, um, there was this, there was this thing called um, Ampleforth, which was a um, rebasing like stable coin. So it, you know, it tried to look at its supply and um, adjust its own supply, either contracting or expanding it based on, um, uh, you know, how far away it w- was from a dollar peg, which, you know, now <laughs> we've learned all kinds of lessons now about um, algorithmic yeah. stable coins. Um, so, you know, really early on, uh, Dig got released, which was just that, but like um, pointing to Bitcoin instead of pointing to the dollar. Um, and it actually, I think it went up to like $100,000 a token. So, uh, you know, for everybody that says Bitcoin didn't reach 100K, but, you know, it's a rebasing token did. Uh, and then, yeah, the you know, the, yeah, the big issue with the, these rebasing tokens is they, you know, they end up expanding the supply like way too much. And then the market loses faith and, um, you know, it goes through this sort of vicious cycle. I mean, the same thing that we saw happen with Luna, right? Like, um, but, but maybe a little bit slower. Um, so <laughs> once, yeah, so, so I, you know, once I was involved with like sort of trying to fix dig from a community perspective, you know, being like, Hey, this isn't working. Um, here's some things we could try and do. And then I ended up, um, Badger, like, you know, through, a uh, governance, they call them BIPs, Badger improvement proposals that they do, you know, with the, the voting of the Badger token. So token holders, mm-hmm. you know, uh, can vote on these proposals on chain and then they get enacted. So this one was to create a council, um, so it's, you know, some people from the community could be a part of this, like, uh, I think at the time it was nine people, it might've been seven. Um, and, and it was sort of loosely set up, but the idea was that, you know, BIPs are really slow and, and bat, you know, I think at the time Badger had like $2 billion deposited and everything was wow. moving really fast. And they were like, Hey, there's all these decisions that need to be made and they need to, you know, we need to somehow represent the token holders, but um not you know so that way the token holders don't have to vote on every tiny little decision but they're still you know being represented in governance so we created um or they created uh because i wasn't there at the time um this badger council and then so i i joined that as a community member and started voting on uh, various things like you know if they if they release a new product and they wanted to send um you know, like, uh, I don't know, 3000 badger tokens or something, some small amount of money as an initial alpha beta test of this thing. Um, you know, we, we would let that go through or, you know, moving some of the treasury funds around and something like that. Um, and so I did that for almost, I don't know, four or five months. Um, and through that, you know, I, I just kept expressing my, um, back, you know, background and, and desires around uh, wanting to, you know, help them manage their treasury a bit more. Um, and I ended up, yeah, getting hired on by the team to focus on this new thing of governance, which we ended up getting passed. It took us almost six months to get it passed, but um, wow. and you can go read it uh, on the Badger forums. But it's it's establishing this treasury council that. Um, you know, created a, another team. Uh, this, this is of uh, eight people that um, manage the treasury funds of, of Badger. So they have, they have, you know, limits around what they're allowed to do. So, you know, they can't just like go buck wild on it. And they have this, a very strong um, process that they have to follow where they, you know, you have to, which I end up being the person that writes a lot of them is, you know, you have to write what you want to do with the money, how, you know, how you're going to recoup the investment, what do you expect it to return? And then, um, there's a voting process on that. And then finally, because all these people are in a multi-sig, um, you know, nothing can then get done unless all of them actually agree to, you know, to execute it through a Gnosis safe. And then those treasury decisions get uh, posted on the forum for 
the community to see. And so, you know, the community could always um, see something they don't like and then, you know, pass a bip to, to stop that behavior or to, you know, stop an individual decision or something like that. Um, so yeah, that's like the, the long, long journey into Badger. Um, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, along the way, like, really yeah, there's just been a lot of um, change, you know, like across, across DeFi, across DAOs, like, people are trying to figure out like how to do it right what's uh what needs to be decentralized what's what's functional what's dysfunctional um it's it really is like a huge journey yeah no and i'm i'm sure that's been you know an incredible experience i I like the um kind of that idea of almost like uh delegates or representatives i know optimism with uh, their airdrop you collected your tokens and then you had to select a delegate um, that you wanted to, you know, have the voting power of your tokens. Um, And so I kind of think that's at least an interesting step. Um, I don't know if that's the solution, of course, but the idea of this council, this set of representatives that, you know, don't hold up all the voting processes. Um, And the community still is totally open to see all the proposals, um, put their opinions on it. But, um, you know, it just kind of, can speed up, I think, a lot of those uh, governance procedures. Um, so that's really interesting. I mean, so can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, Badger as a DAO? I know that they're, you know, bringing Bitcoin into DeFi. Um, and, you know, we see that, you know, WBTC um, is, of course, a major player in that. There's Ren BTC now and plenty others um, all kind of trying to bring Bitcoin onto Ethereum, it seems. Um, so what is kind of Badger's goal with that? Do they think Bitcoin as a chain is going to, you know, need the help of, you know, the Ethereum blockchain to really go mainstream or I guess, what is your view on all that? Yeah, I think, um, my personal take and, you know, Badger being a DAO, uh, there's not really like, you know, I think there's, there's a bit of unified message within our marketing, but Maybe, maybe not, you know, some well-written thing at the moment that's like, you know, the, the token holders have never passed, you know, some, some motto or something like that, that Badger will, will follow. Um, I think for me personally that, yeah, you want to bring Bitcoin to where, where the money is and where the action is. And if you're a, if you're a Bitcoin sort of maximalist and you believe that, you know, Bitcoin is like the best money and that, you know, it's freedom money and whatever well well you need um you need a place to exchange it and and it even if even if you're not exchanging it for um you know fiat or whatever well you might be wanting to exchange it for contracts right of shipping contracts or oil or whatever right and you don't want to do that on on the traditional rails because they're centralized mm-hmm. right so you so you're always going to have to put your bitcoin into a centralized system if you do it the traditional way. So I think I think DeFi is necessary for Bitcoiners. They just believe that they can build it on the Lightning network, and maybe they can eventually. But it's you know right now it's on Ethereum, right? That it, I mean, yeah. almost all of the DeFi is on Ethereum, and you know there, I was listening to something the other day talking about how um, no one was using Bitcoin to buy NFTs, and it's like well. Yeah, we need to bring more uh, Bitcoin onto the Ethereum network so that people can use it to buy NFTs if if that's what they want to do. Um, and yeah, so I, yeah, I do think that right now um, showing that Bitcoin is useful technology because you can bring it on Ethereum, right? Like to me is is showing a use case for Bitcoin. And you know, one of the most highly traded, I think the most highly traded pairs on Ethereum is Bitcoin and Ethereum, right? So um, I think the market sees it too. It's just, um, yeah, you know, everyone got really, really excited with all these altcoins going up. Um, The Bitcoin dominance has slightly been ticking up recently. Um, I kind of think that there's a chance for some Bitcoin outperformance in the like the midterm and and people remembering that Bitcoin is a, a thing still and, and the thing that sort of got us all here. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I don't, um, I guess uh, I looked up 
the you know Lightning Network and Bitcoin, all that information right before this, um, before we started recording, because I know you're involved in Badger, so I was looking into that, and I know there's about four thousand Bitcoin on the Lightning Network currently, and almost three hundred thousand on Ethereum just in WBTC, um, and there are other forms, so it's definitely um, you know showing that this could be a better use case than the lightning network as much as the lightning network makes sense maybe for payments and stuff and it's it's still really cool to see the development and the growth there um but i think that i get uh it's it's troubling to see the bitcoin maximalists just really shoot down other um assets like when they want ethereum to be labeled as a security like it just is not good for the um you know the industry the space as a whole um so it's been kind of interesting to see from that point um, and, you know, due to my enjoyment of DeFi and stuff, I've definitely come to favor Ethereum a little more just, I guess, because of kind of the story that it tells. It's just, it's, it's more exciting, I guess, more often. Um, the havings, the having cycle is very exciting, but Ethereum, there's all this development and all these developers building, which is exciting. Um, so do you not think, I don't know, I guess for me, like the merge coming up is, is really, um, this catalyst that few people seem to understand, which is why um, it might not be the catalyst that Ethereum maxis are hoping it'll be. Um, but it does seem like every um, bull cycle, Bitcoin starts it and then others outperform, outperform and then the bear cycle, Bitcoin outperforms. Um, do you think the merge can change things or do you think, you know, Bitcoin is, is Bitcoin? There's a reason why it's um, number one. Yeah, I mean, does it does Ethereum flip Bitcoin? I think I think like in the long run it should theoretically flip Bitcoin if if Bitcoin is the money layer and Ethereum's like the ends up being, you know, the processing layer where you have all the, you know, derivatives basically. Um but no, I mean that's probably going to take forever, you know, it maybe it'll take less time than I imagine it will, but I can't imagine it happening in the next 5 years or like the next cycle. Um, I do think that the having, or sorry, the, um, the merge, the ETH, you know, the ETH merge event is a classic, like buy the rumor, sell the news. Um, yeah, just get long Ethereum. And then as soon as the merge is announced, uh, you know, sell it all because, uh, <laughs> you know, that's just, that's just how markets go, right? The markets like to anticipate events, right? So they're like, um, I, I, you know, I heard somebody, I was like on CNBC this morning saying like, oh, markets hate like uncertainty. And it's like, well, that's, you know, they're, all they're doing is trying to like discount and, and predict the future. Right. So they need, course, they yeah. want, they want something to focus on. And, um, you know, the, the merge is a great thing for them to focus on. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I that's my plan right, is to hold on to some Ethereum until the merge is announced and sell it. I think as far as like, from a tech perspective, um, I'm interested to see what happens. I think it's such a complicated change. Um, I mean, there there's proof of state ne- proof of stake networks that are running. Um, I think Tezos is proof of stake. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, is it good for developers? I'm you know I don't write enough uh, uh, <laughs> Ethereum code to know. Yeah, <laughs> what what the difference is going to be? I'm I certainly think that it creates a different use, like it creates a different um, uh, valuation model for Ethereum and Bitcoin. So um, I, I don't know all the people that are arguing like what's better, proof of work, proof of stake. Well, I think that the people that think that proof of work is is going to be useless because Ethereum switches to proof of stake like are wrong, and I think all the people that think that. Ethereum is going to be useless because it switches to proof of stake are wrong. Um, that Bitcoin is a useful proof of work network and that Ethereum, if it thinks that it wants to go change itself, then like have at it. But that, you know, that's the risk, you know, that, that that's the, the bet you're getting into with Ethereum, right? Is like you want it to change. Okay. You, you want it to be exciting and try new things, but that's not the bet you're getting into with Bitcoin, right? You want it to just be sort of, the boring, you know, digital rock. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I like that. And yeah, thanks for getting into it. That was definitely mostly for my entertainment. Um, just because of really, uh, it's been interesting to kind of see all the progress that's been made. Um, and yeah, I, I agree that the 
divisiveness and kind of the need to pick one camp of proof of work, proof of stake is a little overplayed just because, you know, I think so much of it is just experimentation at this point. Um, and so, well, you know, what works best will prove itself eventually, but for now we just kind of got to try it out. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I know um, the ECC conference was recently, so I need to kind of catch up on all the stuff that happened there. But um, yeah, I mean, sorry, I know we got a little sidetracked there. Um, I did no, still want to and talk about, yeah. I mean, I mean, the other thing is that, um, like, so there, there's this thing called the Lindy effect, which is basically just like, however long, you know, however long something has existed, the longer it probably exists. And I think, I think Bitcoin is still like twice as old as Ethereum, but you know, if you think about that, well, in 10 years, that's not going to be true, right? Bitcoin will only be six years mm-hmm. older than Ethereum. So that that sort of difference of, well, it's been around longer doesn't matter as much, you know, 10 years out. Mm-hmm. But I think right now, Definitely. you know, if people are people are going to come into crypto with a lot of money and they're like, oh, well, what should I buy? Um, they're still probably going to buy a lot more Bitcoin than, than they buy Ethereum. Um, so, you know, I, I think Ethereum is just like a really good gauge of the the smaller participant, you know, people call them retail or whatever, but just, you know, people that are trading of smaller size, I think prefer to own Ethereum. So I think when there's a lot of those people in the market, uh, it goes up a lot. And when there's not a lot of those people in the market, Bitcoin goes up more um, or down less. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, I do think, you know, Bitcoin is going to stay the king of crypto for a while just because it's the, it's the safer bet. Um, which, uh, you know, if it's the safer bet, then you would expect all the rest, um, when they outperform, they, they should significantly outperform, right? If they're, if they're worth holding or else they're all just scams, right? Which I don't, I don't think Ethereum or like, you know, proof of stake is, is a scam, but I am, uh, I am interested to watch what happens and, and be a part of it and be a part of the switch over to it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's been in the making for, you know, uh, all six years now, or yeah, all six, seven years of Ethereum's existence. Um, so that's interesting. But Bitcoin is definitely kind of like, it, it wants to be that gold. It wants to be the gold standard. Um, and so that's that's been pretty interesting to watch, kind of the argument, at least mostly just on Twitter, which is not, I guess, the forum that it should be. But um I think that's where a lot of this lives, which is pretty fun. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how, uh, what else did you want to get into regarding Badger? Um, because I definitely wanted to learn, you know, more about the governments, especially just because um, I think DAOs are really something that could uh, not necessarily start be a catalyst, but we could see a great transition of these communities into DAOs um, that then all these kind of, I guess you could call them retail um, members are more incentivized to participate. Um, And so, you know, there's a lot of talk of course about creator economy and that type of stuff. Um, Like, I don't know, where do you, where do you see these DAOs going and especially with Badger? Yeah. Well, I think, I think Badger's value proposition still is around Bitcoin and that Mm -hmm. um, if you, if you strongly believe in Bitcoin and maybe Bitcoin being an outperformer in the long run more than, you know, in the short term, um, then the Badger proposition is basically that we, we have the most, um, you know, liquid governance token backed by Bitcoin. So all of our, you know, most of the DAOs have chosen to use Ethereum as their um, liquidity backing. So, you know, for instance, like, there's a bunch of uni um eth sushi eth ohm eth um but what you know we've chosen is to have bitcoin as our our backing for our badger token um and then because we were having trouble finding real yields on bitcoin because if you think about it um you know most of the yields that get generated from from these stable coins uh is because they're they're being borrowed so you know, people want to deposit Bitcoin or an Ethereum and borrow stable coins. Not a lot of people want to borrow um, Ethereum and Bitcoin, right? Because that's, you would really only do it to go short. And, mo- you know, shorting is really hard, even in bear markets, mm-hmm. and most people don't do it. Um, so the borrow rates on Bitcoin are really, really low. And then there's not a lot of Bitcoin in 
on Ethereum yet. So uh, even though there's, you know, the swapping in um, Ethereum and Bitcoin pools, there's just not really very strong single-sided, you know, so if, if, if you want to have just exposure to Bitcoin and nothing else, it's pretty impossible to find that on um, uh, on-chain basically right now. Um, mm-hmm. So what Badger's focused on is these um, yield systems and uh, influence systems, uh, specifically Convex and Aura, where if you hold these tokens and they're locked um, in, in these vote lock contracts, you can vote with your uh, power on these different pools that are earning um, bribes. And, and what those bribes are, are, are they're coming from like other DAOs. Um, Balancer has a really interesting thing that they're doing now where they're taking some of their fees and turning them into bribes. But they, they send money to a specific um, you know, liquidity pool. So for instance, like let's use like uh, stable coins, right? There's a pool that has a bunch of stable coins in it. Um, if you have your stable coins deposited in that pool and then you bribe that pool, you'll be earning these influence tokens on top of it. It's, it's a little bit like a messy, uh, uh, a, a, you know, maybe too many moving parts, but it's, it's the system yeah. we've ended up, up in. Um, <laughs> so, you know, what Badger does is collects these influence tokens or allows you to deposit them as the user into these smart contracts. Um, and you can vote, or, or the system will go and vote on all these bribes and basically harvest the bribes for you. And then auto compound that into this um, this voting token. So you're you end up earning. I mean, one of the ones has been sustaining you know forty to fifty percent APY on the convex throughout the bear market. Um, the aura is is sort of brand new, so the the yields are a lot lower on it. But we're um, we're basically you know we're emitting badger to it so that we can get more of it. Um, but Definitely. in in effect, what we then do is we take a fee on that in those influence systems and we send that to Badger Bitcoin liquidity. So we're not um, we're not creating a you know single sided Bitcoin exposure yield. But if you have Bitcoin and Badger together in this in this LP, um, then you can be earning this yield. And then um, we do have a way for you if you're just holding just Bitcoin um, and you deposit it into this IBBTC pool, we're currently emitting Badger to it, but it's not really earning any yield. So um, it's going to have to be sort of gotten rid of if it doesn't change. Um, Because like I said, it's pretty impossible to find um, single-sided Bitcoin yield. So we're more focused on growing the amount of Bitcoin we have in our LP, um, you know, backing our Badger token. So, you know, if Bitcoin were really to start... um, outperforming again um then then yeah we would we would get a pretty big headwind um being the only place that you can come and and you know take a little bit more risk on top of your bitcoin position to earn some pretty high yields yeah so that's that's um where the ibbtc comes in right if i if i understood that correctly um is that correct well so the ibbtc was originally intended to be a token that was just earning earning these yields but um at the moment there's no way technically um to make it happen and the way it was set up those yields um is actually (laughs) sort of all the bribing that was being done by the luna foundation actually was a was a big part of taking (laughs) away the yields on curve from our bitcoin pool so it was just really earning like next to nothing and not really even worth you know the the gas costs to do the harvesting when, when Ethereum was super expensive. Um, so yeah, I mean, IBBTC has sort of been put on pause at the moment. We're, we're working on a couple of different ideas of, of um, how we can get these Bitcoin yields going, but you know, we can't make things up out of thin air. Um, there has to be, you know, actual yield to go farm right with the Bitcoin. Um, yeah. No, we which, see what happens when the yield is a little fake. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so that's why I'm saying we've ended up setting up this like much more complicated systems that are pulling essentially fees out of different um, exchanges and using those fees to send yields uh, to this Badger Bitcoin pool, um, you know, which it essentially is taking money from like the inefficiencies of people bribing 
Um, so yeah, it's a, it's, it's what we got at the moment. It's all we can find. Um, but you know, it is, we actually, you know, do have a quite a bit of Bitcoin now backing, uh, I think that's a couple million dollars in Bitcoin paired with, uh, the Badger. And then we, we changed how dig works. It's no longer a rebasing token. It's, it's, um, fixed supply, but it will give you, um, boosted yields in our, uh, System. So if you hold, say, one IBBTC, if you if you hold um, half of that in Badger and then you hold the other half in DIG or, or a little bit more, depending on where the DIG price is trading, um, you will uh, then get your full Bitcoin yield. So um, we scale the yield basically, you know, from no boosted yield if you don't hold any Badger up to 100% boosted if you... Um, have a whole, you know, if you, if your badger matches how much you have deposited. So that's sort of like how we get people to, um, hold the badger token and, and the utility that gets provided to it versus them just coming in and, you know, getting free yields from us for nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, and I mean, I, I think that sounds good. I think that's been the hard part that so many DAOs are facing is how do you get people to hold our token? Um, and you know, I think, I've definitely, the curve wars, which I know you got into a little bit with convex and stuff. Um, a lot of that is pretty, um, again, over my head. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I think uh, we have that, the that most, got pretty uh, complicated for me. We might have the second most or the most, uh, convex now. Cause we, um, wow. there's a big, there's a big unlocking. So the, the convex tokens get locked for 16 weeks. That's part of the deal for getting, uh, the yields from them. Um, and so, yeah, people have realized that the way we set it up is, you know, basically the best way. And, um, it, the people that aren't holding convex in their DAOs yet, uh, are bringing it, you know, like the, the individuals and, um, you know, retail, smaller players or whatever, whoever they are, um, are depositing their convex with us so that we can vote on bribes in that way. Um, because, you know, we we do this vote redirection that I was talking about. So we actually incentivize uh, a liquidity pool that has that convex, um, that locked convex with naked convex. So if you want to get out early, um, you can swap your tokens. Where everyone else, um, they're either like making you permalock for the compounding, or you have to at least. Actually, I think almost everywhere else. Um, does a permalock and they don't give you um that well they're in their liquidity isn't incentivized in the same way ours is which we think is much more sustainable so um, i think yeah the last time i looked we either have the most convex deposited out of anybody or we have the second most which has been pretty cool and ours um again like anybody else's you can get out of ours where everybody else the game has been to not let you out <laughs> yeah no and i mean that's that's DeFi taking advantage of something that only DeFi can offer. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. I guess, you know, what I wonder then is, do you think all this stuff with convex, with the curve wars and all these bribes, um, has DeFi kind of gone too far into exploring what it can do before focusing on how to kind of onboard people? Cause I feel like, you know, you were just kind of going on and, about convex and what it allows you to do and it sounds incredible but i'm also just kind of like how does that even work um and how does that you know remain sustainable um so do you think that like a lot of people looking at it from the outside does this prevent them from kind of jumping in and trying the water because they just see all the ways that these different systems interact and all the complexity no i think i mean i think where it will go is um you know, I think maybe what Badger was like trying to do and then it, it hasn't worked yet was, you know, for instance, if if IBBTC could be what we want it to be, which is just buy this token and then you benefit from all that complexity. Right. Then then, yeah, I think that like that is the simplification is that someone just needs to figure out, well, what's the product? You know, what's the retail facing product here? Um, and until then, you know, the smart the smart retail investors with, I mean, I think honestly, you probably need to have like at least 5k, if not more that you're, you're wanting to go in to these systems before it's really worth it. Just based on the fact that you could get screwed by like Ethereum gas costs, um, which will really eat into your yields. Or you could also get screwed by, you know, um, 
bad prices in the market, which I think, you know, honestly, right now, the, the prices are pretty good in the market. Um, well, I mean, yesterday you could have bought some convex for $5 and 50 cents and now it's at $7. Um, so yeah, Jeez. you know, see, if you see, <laughs> if you see one of these tokens and they're, you know, relatively cheap, then yeah, I mean, maybe that's a, an opportunity for like a retail person to get in and, and explore. Um, but I do think that, yeah, if you want to, if you want to get in, in the current state, um, you got to do some digging. And I mean, that was kind of what made me keep going is I was like, well, this is, this is in the, you know, this is really DeFi beta, right? Like everybody talks about like DeFi 2.0, DeFi 3.0, like, you know, it was, it was, it was alpha and now like maybe we're in beta. Um, so yeah, I think as a user, if you spend the time to learn all these things, you can actually, you know, get paid pretty well to, to beta test for them, right? So you're you're putting your funds at risk and you're trying all these different things, but um, yeah, you you get to put, you get to put demand on these systems and find out like, okay, is this yield actually sustainable? Um, and if you do it right and you sell some of your tokens and not just like hodl or whatever, um, then you can make some <laughs> real money. Um, but I yeah, I think like when is DeFi going to go mainstream? Um, GMX is the only thing that I've seen so far that makes me think that this is like, okay, this is maybe ready for retail. I don't know if you've used it, but um, it, you, you have to go to Arbitrum or um, Avalanche, but it's, um, you know, it's just like a trading tool uh, where you can use mm-hmm. leverage. And, but you know, the the thing about it is it just works really well, right? You can just like, put in a limit order without, you know, without leverage um, and you can see it on a chart and you can see, you know, your profits and stuff like that, where things like sushi swap, uni swap, like, you know, you, you go there and there's a sushi roll or a unicorn or whatever. And he's like, no idea what's going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think GMX yeah, uh, might bring some people in. Yeah, no, I, um, I do own, you know, GLP, which then allows you to, um, game the APR and escrow GMX and uh, yeah yeah so, well so I mean you yeah, know yeah. if you if you're trading on GMX like it it makes a lot of sense the interface is nice but then yeah if you if you go over to the earn dashboard and you start reading like how how GLP works it's like you know again you, you start getting into this whole like okay well then the yield gets locked and then you can auto compound that yield and you know this is the amount paid in uh, Ethereum this is the amount paid in GMX tokens you know so um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I think there's a lot of work to do and, and it's probably going to take someone building a new product, um, on top of all these other products. Um, that's a bit more retail facing, you know, something like a Robin hood that comes in and, and cleans this up and gives you just like a, a couple buttons to press. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely and GMX. I think being on Arbitrum is also like a great, um, a great move on their part because I do think. Like I'd like to think that L2s are going to become, you know, where a lot of the action happens. Um, you know, another one that I think is uh, interesting, I don't know if you've ever used Arrakis or Gamma, um, but they kind of take advantage of the Uniswap V3 system and the way that your liquidity is kind of an NFT. Um, and they do active management because Uniswap V3, like I – understood it was this incredible technology i still think you know it's it's the cream of the crop uniswap is it is the number one you know it's it's fees generated the last seven days is higher than ethereum by like a long shot now um they're they're killing it so um these arrakis and gamma allow you to just kind of put deposit your tokens into their vaults and then they actively manage the liquidity for you so you just get the return um, and they take, I think Gamma takes like a l- little bit, um, and that goes to people that stake Gamma, kind of like the, so- the sushi model. Um, and, you know, I-, I think that it's cool then seeing them expand to L2s, um, and that's at least a resource that makes things less complicated um, for the average person. Um, and I think that there just needs to be more of that. Is Badger trying to go to L2s yet, or um, do you see that as an opportunity? Yeah, I mean, we have some vaults on um, um, Arbitrum, but, you know, again, um, like I was saying, like, where's the yield, right? So, like, we'll go to wherever there is yield. Um, 
but yeah. until it's until it exists, we can't go there. So I mean, you know, <laughs> we've been we've been thinking about some things that maybe we could do around GLP. Um, uh, but I, I don't know. There's actually been a couple. I think I don't know if you saw. I think it was called like Umami or something like that that built some product around GLP. Um, but yeah, big big fan of um, Arrakis and Gamma. Um, I don't know if you remember when I wrote that article about ICE, um, you know, popsicle finance before before everything turned out to be run by you know uh, questionable folks. Um, that, yeah. <laughs> you know, pop, popsicle was supposed to be exactly what uh, Arrakis and Gamma are are you know, which is this um, mm-hmm. managed UniV three liquidity. So that yeah, that's why I was so excited about popsicle originally because it's just like oh yeah, that's going to be huge. My only um, you know where I'm at, at now around it is that I would like to just watch you know sit and watch their performance for a while and see if it works because. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know it's a pretty challenging thing to do. Um, what we've done with our liquidity at Badger is we have it deposited into different UniV three ranges around the current price, um, and then we leave. You know, so I think we have four different bins. There's one up right now that's about fifty fifty Badger Bitcoin. Above that is um, two things of Badger that are um, you know will support the price moving from one range to the next and then underneath it is a bunch of bitcoin single sided deposited um which you know the with the way univ3 works it it really uh, increases the amount of liquidity um doing it that way versus d- dumping it into just like a full range univ2 pool um so mm-hmm, again that's you know like i was saying earlier badger has one of the best um and most liquid governance token backed by bitcoin um i think pretty much out there um you know i don't think any, anybody's anywhere close outside of DeFi, and and no one's close inside of DeFi. yeah no i mean it sounds like you guys have done a lot of the the right moves here um and i think taking that different approach is really interesting um I know Badger has been, Badger's always kind of had its focus on Bitcoin. Um, but I think since everyone's building on Ethereum, just, they, you know, just go to ETH as kind of this crutch. Um, so uh, I'm excited to see kind of how Badger takes advantage of that. Yeah, yeah, no. And I, I, I do think that there's going to be a lot more Bitcoin flowing onto ETH. Um, so yeah, last last few minutes here because we've been going for about an hour. Um, did you Did you see the markets today at all? Did you have a chance? Um, I, last I checked, I know, like we were, we were up big, double yeah, digits. Yeah, I was, I was, mean, yeah. I, I don't really, you know, put the news on or listen every once in a while. I know that I think FOMC were supposed to say something today or, or something. So, um, for me, I just like, okay, well, does the market like what was said? Like, I don't really care what was said. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> was this even, was this even a reaction to that? I mean, if you, um. If you look at the Bitcoin daily chart, you know, the price is just sort of chugging along in the same sort of band that it's been in. Um, but yeah, I mean, the individual candle today was pretty huge. I mean, it's up, um, Bitcoin's up 7% and Ethereum's up 9.5%. So um, wow. certainly, certainly, you know, happy to see it, but pretty skeptical of all of these pumps in uh, in this kind of market still. I'm, I'm a little bit cautious, even though I'm... Uh, I've yeah I've deployed a lot of cap capital into Bitcoin and Ethereum recently, um, and I'm sort of planning on sitting in it until we uh, sort of fail to get above twenty five thousand dollars. I think for Bitcoin um, for now, and I'm watching Ethereum really close because you know that last sell off Ethereum um, really you know front ran the sell off right and started selling off first. Definitely. So if I if I see Ethereum getting weak again, I'll probably get back into a bit more stable coins, but um yeah i don't know these these markets were brutal um it's cool that you're you're sticking around and chatting with us in the the middle of the bear yeah no i mean it's fun and like days like this it's just kind of you know yeah i'm looking now matic is up 19 percent the last 24 hours like it's really nice to see that but you just kind of gotta try to at least stay long term because it's it a little too, a little too much right now. 
And yeah, th- thanks for coming on. Um, we'll we'll shoot you a, a comp subscription so you can check out the paid so you can see if it's worth it for your uh, your college life and and you know everybody else uh, you know come in the Discord chat with me um, you know ask about the markets and I maybe I'll comp you as well because I know everybody's feeling it in um, in the bear and what we really want is just to grow the foot guns community. Um, so yeah, come come on by and and see see what else we got to offer. Especially, I I really like the Discord. Um, I'll put a link in in the podcast again. It's it's just a really great place to share your thoughts and learn from other people. You know, not just me, but other community members. Yeah, no, I mean, you guys have done a great job. Thanks so much for having me. This was um this was a lot of fun and really excited to see what Foot Guns becomes in the next few years. Yeah, yeah. Excited to have you uh, sticking around with us. All right. um, I'm going to go ahead and press stop now. (laughs)